It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Hello and welcome to a comeback episode of They Came to Play. We've had a couple of weeks off because of my very sick co-host. He was on death's door. I believe he found God. He spoke to Jesus. He said prayers like a good young Catholic, mm. Danny McGinley. How are you? <laughs> You've oh, all got it now. He's here. You've all got it through the earphones. Oh, no. That's how it works. What was the worst part of your positive diagnosis? Was it having to ring everyone and tell them that you tested positive? Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> that first, The first day is the worst. The first day where you – so I'll tell you what happened. I work for, for Working Dog, as, as yes, we know, and yeah. they've got some great policies about uh, you cannot go into studio on any film days without a rapid antigen test. They were one of the first to do it sure. before they were even available to yep. the public. They got them through a shipment, through, you know, through, you know, Somalian pirates, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I did one and I felt fine. On a mo- I was about to go to the gym and I went, I'll do the, do the antigen test now while I put my shoes on and stuff. Sure. Did that. Shoes on. Look down. Says I'm positive. I go, oh, oh no. Bollocks. Ring the producer, say, hey, look, the, the test is stuffed up, but due to policy, I can't come in. I'll go get a real test and I'll be right for, you yep. know, as soon as possible. She goes, yep, sweet. All good. We, yep, we can survive without you. Go get the real test. Uh, isolate in my bedroom just because on the slight chance that I am positive because, you know, I've had a positive thing. My sure. wife has to do all the parenting. She has to, she's working from home anyway, but she mm. has to move all her stuff out of our bedroom. In, <laughs> and she's quiet down. She's going, oh, my God, you're just a lazy. You're doing nothing. And then th- – Oh, man, there's just no – I mean, yeah, asking her to do all that work, it doesn't matter how sick you are. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you could have typhoid bad. with three days to live, and she'd be like, <laughs> "You're an asshole." So then I, I spend that. Day, I'm expecting to wake up to a text saying, "You're negative." I'll go out and you know do the heavy yeah, lifting for yeah. kids' breakfast stuff. You're not getting any texts. Mm. It's getting to like two in the afternoon, and you're going, "Why aren't I getting texted here?" There's, I'm <laughs> checking the numbers. How many people got tested yesterday? And then the phone rings. They ring you. Email. Oh, they send an email. Email Very first. Very fancy. That right. says not negative. Well, what a weird thing to say. It's what very they, odd. They don't yeah. like to say positive. It's very, very negative of them. <laughs> and so you get that result. Uh, do you bring a doctor or anything to triple confirm what's going on? I, no, they, you get the email that says we'll be in touch. And then that's the worst hour while you're waiting for calls. Then they ring you. Then I got rung by three different people. Okay. And who must be pretty busy because we're still rocking well, over a thousand cases a day. Well, this is the thing. Like, so I'm. I got out. The reason we're doing this episode today is I got out early. You know, the the rules changed while I was in isolation. Yeah, fourteen days to ten. So I, I got out on the weekend. My, they say we're not going to bother with contact tracing now. So if you get it now, you're not going to get a call from the contact tracers. Did you? When was your last negative test? Before that, uh, no, no, before. in the last week. Oh, I d- you don't do those. This is another thing people don't know. Hang on. You could have COVID right now? I have fragments of it right now. In There is COVID in your room right now. <laughs> what? In my body. What? Hang on. 
you don't have to do a negative. <laughs> I don't. No, because I won't Hang do. An, I won't do a negative test for three you months. You can have COVID right now. I do have COVID right now. I have fragments of the virus Hang in on. my body. Hang on, no, but that's the no. Forget about that. You could return a positive test. No, now. I, w- I almost certainly would. Yes, because the Hang test on. only the- looks for the fragments. Doesn't look for the antigens, which grossly outnumber. Should you outnumber. be sitting here with us? <laughs> yes. Now. Yes. I'm not infectious. How do you know? Okay. How do you know you're not infectious? Because well, because I'm a sheeple and I believe the chief health officer. What does the chief health officer say? That after ten days you're fine. You will not pass it on to anyone. After ten days right. of returning, if you're, double, if you're double vaccinated, of returning a positive test. That's right. And it's been over 10 days <laughs> yes. since you returned a positive <laughs> test. Yes. Today is the 24th. I tested positive on the 9th. What if, what? That is 15 days. Okay, here's a question for you. Okay. What if you got tested seven days ago yep. and returned a positive test? Does that mean you've got to wait 10 days? No, because I've got a positive test before that. They don't. But once you've returned a positive test, they don't bother <laughs> testing you again okay. for three months. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to... Bring in our special guest yeah, in a I sec so. so we can deal with this together. I'm very excited. I'm actually, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm annoyed I got COVID because I've been excited about this guest for a long time. This he is, is He's very wide-eyed like myself at the moment. <laughs> he's a healthy man. <laughs> he is. He's a very healthy man. He's the hardest-working man in Australian show business. Dave Hughes used to have that title, but this man's taken it from him. Uh, That's why they work together. <laughs> you, you, you'll know him from um, Have You Been Paying Attention? On Channel 10, uh, you'll know him from the two-day FM breakfast show in Sydney, uh, and you'll know him from, well, Santo Sam and Ed as well, but uh, Ed, I believe, does 10 to a dozen podcasts. Team Effort is my favourite podcast, Ed. I don't know if I've told uh, you that. Ed Cavalli. Hello. I oh, I, I, turn it on. Sorry, I turned you off. Turned your mic off just as we were. Uh, no. Just as we were. Here, I am. Here you go. You're on. Hello, Ed. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I am really concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm still. I didn't see. I'm not buying all of that from Danny. Yeah, I, I feel as though you should have done a rapid test before you went back out into the world. Well, yeah, but it would have shown positive. See, the rapid antigen tests only but, look for the pathogens of the virus. Hang on. When are you going to return a negative test? In three months. And this is for everyone who's tested positive. Hang on. So if you test positive, yeah. you're going to test positive for the next three months. That's right. Are you Probably. sure about that? Probably. Because I know people who have had it who then have to return a negative test before they can go back to work. Who's Really? That's that's not what the State Department say now. Hmm. I thought you had to... Because they're not going to let someone with a positive test go into a workplace, are they? No. But you, this is what... Uh, this is this is what I got told by the health department on my on my in my exit interview. <laughs> in your, <gosh laughs> but it is it is proving hard because I'm, I'm you know, we've got front bar uh, tomorrow yeah, night uh, mm. cricket edition and uh, so the EP. Are you going a, to that? Yes. So you're going to be. In so the I might st- be infecting Ian Botham tomorrow night. No, I'm not infectious. <laughs> so no you'll infectious. be in the studio with them tomorrow night yes. at front bar. Well, hopefully seven have got to tick off on it. But yes. <laughs> I don't reckon they will, eh? <laughs> I'm going to go to nine on Fridays at the moment to do a stand show, and we had to do a test test, me and Max Rushton, and then a rapid, and then another one when we got there. I don't oh, know three in a row. Yeah, I don't know what Seven's policy is. Yeah. Maybe he's got to, I don't know, just ask Sonia Kruger, am I cool to come in? But <laughs> I, 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 anyway, but anyway. Uh, 
<laughs> so, um, I can I, vouch. So I, this is from the the New South Wales. Oh, he's sounding very defensive now, Ed. <laughs> well, I'm being acute. I don't want to infect you. See, too. Watch, watch, that is my Ed, biggest fear. Ed and, Ed and I pushing ourselves ah, back, oh, so yeah. at least one point five meters away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that Danny's got another record to do today, so you know, and yeah. then front bar. Yes. So he's so got I, a bit on. I could be Typhoid Mary. <laughs> <laughs> super spreader. You can be Typhoid a, Mary. I've been a super spreader for a while, actually. <laughs> no, Tom. Tom Hanks, now Danny McGinley. <laughs> you can be our Novak Djokovic. Novak. Uh, no, he went to a Bosnian pyramid. So if you read his reasonings closely, yeah. underneath the sort of just I'm an anti vaxxer stuff, is that he went to a Bosnian pyramid and then he never felt better. That is the truth. Look it up. A Bosnian pyramid. So, what, as in, like an is there? What is a Bosnian pyramid? Is, it, is this an ancient pyramid? It's, it's not as old as the ones in Egypt. Yeah, because there's pyramids everywhere. There's like ones yeah, in Peru exactly. and Bolivia. But then again, we don't know. But the one in Bosnia, you can go underneath, and then you are good to go. After really? That. Yep. I, <laughs> I promise you. Hang on, sorry. Just to confirm, yes. Novak Djokovic yes. says once you've been under the pyramid. Yes. You are all good. Yes. You're not going to get COVID. Lima, who no, do you no, believe no, no, less? No, he didn't say that. He didn't say COVID. He just said that overall. <laughs> so COVID's only oh, part of a larger. Oh, right. The Bosnian <laughs> Pyramid Complex. Yep. Notion to explain the formal a formation of a cluster of natural hills in the area in central Bosnia-Herzegovina. Oh, they're natural? Yeah, that's part of the, the joy oh, of them. okay. And you go, oh, they're just hills again. No, they're not. They're, and other scientists demonstrated that the hills are a natural formation such as flatrions, and there, there is no evidence that they were shaped by human construction. Yeah, well, they would say that. Um, <laughs> now, get in there. And the claims. The claims are as long as the day is long. They, 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 everything. Yeah, right. So this is like uh, – That's his big thing. Uh, where, what are the magic healing um, uh, waters in? Uh, oh, lords, lords, yes, lords. So this is where like our a Lady of Fatima appeared. Is there a religion connected to this? Ed I've predates that, my man. Bosnia is 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 predates Muslim? that, my man. Uh, a bit of a bit of everything. A bit of everything. But I, I remember. I believe they fought a war over it. Yeah, the I, Serbians I, were weren't happy that they were Muslim, <laughs> as I recall, in the nineties. Well, really, <laughs> um, my my. Connection to that from a sporting angle is that Slobodan Milosevic, yeah. convicted war criminal, yeah. mm-hmm. right? I used to play football for Adelaide University in yeah. the Amateur League in South Australia. And the one of the guys who sort of ran the footy department uh, was brilliant at coming up with nicknames. His name was Fred Block. He was a lecturer at Adelaide University. And uh, we had this one a player who was on a footy trip and he was sitting at the back of the bus with a bunch of uni players. Everyone got drunk. He fell asleep, kind of leaning to one side oh, no. and drooled and the drool ran down his face. So, And this is mid-90s, so his nickname became Slobber Down My Chin a Bit. That's yeah, fantastic. Nice. That's good. That's and, really good. Which was abbreviated to Slobber. Yeah, slobber. Which was yeah, his yeah, nickname slobber. from... So now whenever I see him, I go... And he's now a partner in a law firm. I'm like, Slobber, <laughs> how are you? That's fantastic. Well slobber Down that's, My Chin a Bit. Really so, so what do you believe less, Limo? The fact that I'm not infectious or that Bosnian pyramids can cure? Oh, the fact that you're not infectious. <laughs> I... <laughs> Do you want me to go and uh, we'll restart this on Zoom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll go and I've got a hazmat suit here somewhere. Uh, just put that on. So uh, Novak Djokovic believes in the healing powers of this no, pyramid. No, no, you, you, no, no. No, no, no sorry, not the healing powers. The, the protective power, power. The powers. Just the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to, in, to oh, say that it's, it's healing implies that there was something wrong. No, 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 no. It's no, just the powers. The powers. Yes. Novak Djokovic, who was, has been told by Tennis Australia that you have to be vaccinated. Mm. So they said to him, you've got to be vaccinated. I have a theory before you- about that. 
But they said you have to – we'll get that theory in one yeah. sec. But they said you have to be vaccinated so you can come out for the Australian Open. To which Novak Djokovic says, I'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I'll get back to you? <laughs> That's the rule, mate. There's, That's no, uh, there's no reception th- in this pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your double vax theory on the Australian Open? No, no, it's more of a Novak Djokovic Australian Open theory. Okay. So, what's t- so, t- so every sport has pr- a big problem that they have. You know, we could go around. So I, what's AFL's – you guys love AFL. What yeah. is AFL's overarching problem? Well, if they Con- could solve one thing with a click uh, of their fingers. Okay, concussion. I would say. Well, concussion, I would say inequality between the clubs. That's what I would say. I I would say that when you run a salary cap competition that has teams that know they're going to lose. Yeah. And every single year, for what Carlton, for one of the first one that jumped into my head, because I'm seeing a picture of Fusey here, um, is that uh, Carlton have been terrible since when? Since since the year 2000, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, since 2000. Okay, so it's 20, we're going into 22 seasons. Yep. Of a salary cap draft competition. Yeah. Uh, where admittedly, they, they lost draft picks in the early they, 2000s due to but, salary cap breaches. But they've had, I reckon, six number one draft picks roll through that club since yeah. that have made no difference. Okay, so six number one draft picks roll through. Okay, all right. So yeah. let's just take that as the premise. That speaks to what you're saying, Limo. If you've got a club that's doing, doing the things, okay, we come last, we get draft picks, and there's a salary cap. If we know that team is never going to win, to me that's the AFL's problem. Yes. In that there is no equalisation. And that also that they just keep having reviews of clubs, endless reviews of <laughs> yeah, clubs. Yeah. From a, and they got addicted. You know, the AFL, I, only know, I don't really follow it that much, but you guys, uh, AFL got uh, what I call QC addiction, where every time there was a, a review, they'd say, and we've got a QC in from the law firm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yes. <laughs> they had to scan their QC code on their way in. Every time there was a fucking review, I would look down and go, there it is, there's a QC. There's a QC. It's like immediate credibility attached away. to a QC. Uh, straight yeah. away. They go, oh, well, I've got a QC in here. You know, yes. So that to me is their, their problem. That's I will, yeah, so, I will yeah. stop you there, uh, uh, Ed. Just uh, my, my team, the Bulldogs, there is no way we can afford a QC. We've got Dennis Denudo. Oh, really? Hey, <laughs> Hang on a sec. Okay, you're more at TAFE. For, hang on a sec. Your former president. <laughs> He's not a QC though. Yeah, Peter Gordon. Peter Gordon was the founding partner of Slater Gordon. So no, I, they were started in the 30s. But Ed, what's his connection to Slater Gordon? He did work for him. But it's just coincidence of the name. Is it a coincidence? Yeah, he, he runs Gordon Legal now. But any, anyway, my point is he's yeah. a very well-connected yeah, yeah, yeah. lawyer around, hey, it was just a, around town. They like to cry poor, the Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> they li- love to cry poor. Well, I don't believe that, that Hemsworth supports them. Am that, I allowed to say that in this forum? That, that, oh, yes, you can. You, you can say it. But hang, that desperation to hang on to their working-class roots That's what I'm, is, and, and is he, becoming and, a bit sad. And he, on top of that, in his desperation to keep appealing to the yeah. average person acting averagely, leads him to that world which is totally fine mm. but it's not a it's not a claim that his brother Liam makes as yeah Neil, he does no they were they were all at the 2016 okay, grand Neil final as vehemently well but hang on that was uh Taika Waititi was at a ra- was it a Bruce, <laughs> was at a Rabbitohs game three months ago <laughs> almost certainly Tim he Cahill was yeah, at the well, Bulldogs exactly. games he's a massive fan uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah hang on Rob Lowe sang the Collingwood song no he was in the it was in the circle he <laughs> was not singing <laughs> He did well. Julia Gillard used to pretend to be a Bulldogs fan. Would uh, be in the circle, attempt you know, not singing the song because she didn't know. Uh, as soon as she's not prime minister, she, I've never seen her at a game. Well, that's the old front line. I mean, I've I've been arguing to other you know all of our mutual friends working there. I'm like, you guys should just get front line and don't say anything and just give it to Paramount Plus and let them say it's a brand new season series. 
because it's, it's fresh. Uh, yeah, I don't know if people yeah, have seen yeah, an episode yeah. recently. It's I just, have, yeah. It's fucking fresh as a daisy. Yes. And there's a great episode where they say to Mike Moore, the anchor of the sort of yeah. current affair show, mate, you need a football team. And he's got the brand new scarf. <laughs> yeah, and yes. And actually and one of the first. right now. It could be happening right now. <laughs> one of the first conversations I ever had with Rob Sitch was, why did you choose the Swans? Mm. Why does he, because also if you look, if you watch so the castle, money. there's a Swans uh, beanie in the background. And I asked, why did the Kerrigans go for the Swans? Why did Mike Moore go for the Swans? Mm. Do you go for the Swans? He's a Demons no, fan, Demon. yeah, and uh, and he said we just found that prop like, yeah. lying <laughs> around ABC. Oh, right, yeah. as simple as that. Like around the ABC, that's good. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Novak Djokovic, tennis has a problem, and tennis's problem, I think, anyway, is a number of things. It's the way the matches are scheduled. It's that there's too many. There's too many. I'll flick on Foxtel. I have a game that I play with myself called Count the Crowd, where during the day, during the day, because I finish radio, I can go, you know, home, whatever, leave today FM. And then I'll go, all right, the, uh, uh, the the WTA or the ATP tour is on in Kazakhstan today. Let's guess the crowd. <laughs> yeah, go, right. go, 20, uh, six. And then you'll click on, sure enough, there's a match. There's a brand new SUV in the corner. That they're trying a new Citroen in the <laughs> yeah. corner. Two Eastern Europeans in headbands playing each other to no one. Mm-hmm. To not a fucking soul <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yes. Now, tennis's problem is, is it- that their best player is so disliked. He is easily... What other sport is there in the world where the best person at that yep. sport is so disliked? I, I can I can answer that because I've had this theory about tennis for ages. It's wrestling. It's, you judge who purpose. you want to win. Yeah, well, I know. But, t- but that's on purpose and they turn people heel. But yeah, but that is... But being, being hated is being loved in wrestling because that's the game. Yeah, that's yeah. the game. You know what I mean. Yeah. But for someone to be genuinely hated, yeah. who's the best in the world... Oh, look, even even Mike Tyson, when he was hated... But what did he call sti- himself? But there was still a lot of love and for And what did he call himself? Iron Mike Tyson. World's Most Dangerous Man, didn't he call himself? Well, World's Most Dangerous Man. Right, that's in the title. It's in the title. But even when people turned on him, yeah. there was still a lot of underlying... Yeah, okay, yes, yes. ...love for Mike Tyson. Showtime or whatever it was. Anyway, so, but yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that to me is their... That's their issue. And to me, this COVID thing is, a, is tennis's way of getting out from underneath the Djokovic thing. Because they're going to be faced with a situation where he's their best player of all time and yeah. there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. And this is their only way out from underneath it. And it's a disaster for tennis to have the two, the greatest women's player of all time, Margaret Court. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> incredibly disliked, right? She couldn't be less popular. Yeah. Uh, and Novak Djokovic, so you've got it's an, an anti vaxxer and a homophobe. It's- it's as the two, well, it's an issue. That, that's an issue. That is that. That's their. To me, that's their big problem. My theory is that this is their way out from underneath it. Mm. It's a good theory. I, my yeah. other theory of tennis is, yeah, you know, they have all these uh, concerts and stuff at the Australian Open. They have celebrities, pretty much fa- like horse racing. They have the fashion stuff as well. Yeah. If you need all that, your sport is shit. If you need, uh, to, if you need the crowd to be well, quiet no. while they're doing it, your sport is oh, shit. That's interesting. I, I go the, that. I was going to go while well, we we're going to things we were going to talk about today. <laughs> we I was going to go slightly the other way because I think that. So, the, anyway, we, may, we might get to it, but I think that there's uh, the opportunities that tennis has are exactly in that area, but we might come back to that. I, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. I think I, that because I – and this is something I've actually pitched to them because I'm now working for Channel 9 slash Stan Sport – is a celebrity open that's taken seriously. Oh, Because oh, secretly there are oh. so many celebrities who think they're good at tennis. So the day before the tournament – two days before the tournament starts, yes. when all the stuff is set up – yeah. Let's have a two-day proper knockout tournament. 
Yes. Of celebrities being genuinely competitive uh, with each other. People would watch. And yeah. they and would watch. Are, and then the rest of us commentating, laughing at them, having fun. So it's done exactly like a real serious tennis broadcast, but it's all fucking egocentric celebrities playing each other. I and love it. do you know what? And if you're half good at tennis to start with as a celebrity, you'll be competitive. God, yeah. And it's great branding for someone to be known as, oh, did you see him play? He's really good at tennis. You know, good at tennis. Remember the celebrity, the, the problem the Celebrity Grand Prix had was all the crashing, right? So then when the Celebrity Grand Prix was on, it was massive in the 80s and mm. the 90s. But then Mazda was like, we can't keep wrecking 38 cars. <laughs> yeah. Melissa Couts put it into the wall. Like we've got it. <laughs> How many crashes did you do, Leaves? I had one serious crash, which was uh, Scott McGregor. From already, Nate. already we like it. <laughs> <laughs> Scott McGregor from <laughs> is, is my helmet up there with the Mazda this, Six on it. This is why I bring it up. This is why, yes. So I was coming around a bend. He did. He did, he did not obey the rules. No. It was so about. So this is a neighbour's guy. Is that yes. what you yeah, yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. right. Good fella. Yeah. Good fun. And uh, do you know him? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I was. It's about. I think from memory there's about 22 turns at the Albert Park course. Yep. This is about turn 16. You're around the back yeah. of the course. Just when you're fading. And it's about a 90-degree turn, which you have to take very wide. He came in way too hot, way too close to the yeah. inside of the curb, and he just hit me, T-boned me. See? Smashed me in the side. It's the only car accident I've had in my life, actually. Wow. Ooh. And they did the – but I kind of like how they – Spoil you afterwards. You've got to stay in your car. You get taken to a nursing station. Beautiful. They run all these tests on you. I, I enjoyed that. Who won your year? Um, first one. I've done it twice. Yeah, who the, won the, first fir- one? the first one was Anthony Rocker. Oh, yeah. There I you think. Go. See, already it's interesting. Yeah. And second place was a dude who I believe is doing quite well in the States now, Corbin, it's a skateboarder. Corbin Corbin Middlemass at uh, ABC Yeah, Grandstand. no, not Corbin Middlemass. His, his name is Corbin something. Really cool dude and a really good at skateboarding. See, I just uh, – anyway. And so, G- I think Gian Rooney came third. See, fantastic. I, I love it. So uh, I, I think I think you're onto something. And I think it could work for golf as well. Golf, golf's not as – golf's harder to broadcast. Yeah, I, the golf I, – I thought about golf, but I – it's the unusual pairings as well that you get in tennis that – such and such and such and such are good at it. So Husey, who we Husey's know, great at. know and love, is a good tennis player. Mike but Goldstein, friend of the show. So he's didn't a know that. Epic. A very golf. good tennis player, so, yes. You know, but also the AFL Brownlow medalist, Chris Judd, Dave and Husey and Juddy will play, and then it's a sort of a seesawing battle. So sometimes oh, wow. Husey mm. will win or Juddy will win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that – or anyway, it's a it, – People would watch it, simple. And you've got Jack Viney, who plays for Melbourne. His dad, Todd Viney, was a professional tennis player for a Ooh. short period of time. Really? What, yes. Even a, even, and a footballer as well? Yes. Wow. He was an exceptional tennis player. So it, I think it's a great idea, mate. I like it. Yeah, let's do I it. Like let's it. pitch it. All right. I once raced Husey. Did, has Husey oh, told you about this? Over 800 metres. Yeah, and did you, but people, he didn't know... Well, because I didn't know, but you're a f- really fucking good runner. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. I was. He didn't realise I was a state 400 meter runner oh, as what? a junior. Hang yeah. on, three really? years of doing this podcast, and this is the first <laughs> yeah, time yeah, I've heard yeah, of yeah, this. Yeah. It's fantastic. And I, he didn't know that. No. And anyway, my mum was backstage at before the game one night talking about what a good runner I was, and Hughes was kind of laughing. I was a bit overweight at the time. <laughs> And he was like, and then mum leaves, and then he's like, you good, Russ? Oh, yeah, not really. Mum talks it up. He said, I'll race you yeah. over 1,500 metres. I said, mate, I couldn't even run 1,500 metres. Make it 800, because I was a state 800 yeah. as well. right? But I was a better 400 metre runner. And so Husey goes, yeah, righto. 
and we scheduled it for preliminary final weekend. So we had about eight weeks from when. So we, you're doing it on a show or on your radio show? We so filmed it and showed yeah, it on before the game. Okay. Some before the game, yeah. Yep. And uh, just complete coincidence, like the freakiest coincidence ever. The next Friday night, I was emceeing a dinner in the city in Mural Hall at Meyer. The guy I'm sitting next to was the Olympic rowing coach. That's excellent. And the next day had a meeting with the head of the coach of the athletics team. That's excellent. So he, I was telling him about it. He goes, I'll get the athletics guy to write you a program for the next eight weeks. Oh! That's excellent. So he wrote me a program for the next eight weeks, which I followed to the left. I didn't miss one training. Yep. And I followed it to the letter, but the whole time I was saying to Husey, oh, I haven't even started training yet. I haven't even had a run. Oh, God. So Husey when we got this. when we got to the day, I was cherry ripe. Beautiful. <laughs> I was cherry ripe, and I was in the best nick I'd been in for fifteen years, probably. Blew him away. We've, got to get just, H- We've been trying to get Husey on this show. You for do ages. It, it, it's, and I, it's good footage. I sat on him for five hundred meters, yeah. just right behind him, so he could hear me breathing. Yeah. And then with 300 metres to go, I just took See off. See you. And, and beat, him by about a, <laughs> beat, him, beat him by about 100 metres. See you. <laughs> See you. Uh, <laughs> good stuff. God, Chizzy would have hated that. He's so competitive. But he'll also but he'll go, oh, yeah, fair enough. Like, he, he, he is, but then he's got that, oh, yeah, you're a runner. Okay, you're sort of, okay, fair enough. Wander off, you know. Yeah, but he's got, once he found out I was a runner, it was okay. He was yeah, like, that's right. oh, yeah, but you're a, you're a runner. Yeah, well, yeah. You're a that runner. explains Which it. is also true. You were an 800 meter runner for the state. <laughs> so. Uh, good fun. All right, um, we should talk about round ball. That's why we got Ed on. I want to talk about okay, oh, yes. the beautiful game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, Ed, you're, is soccer your number one sport? 100%. Do you call it soccer when you're talking Short about for it? association football. I don't care what people call it. I, I, just don't, I just don't think the issue about semantics is going to get us anywhere. So right. I just, I don't give a fuck. If we like it, yeah, we like right, it. Perfect. Call it what you want. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's like music. What kind of music do you like? Like, I don't know. I said, oh, I, I, lo- I would say, I love dr- I love rap for fun. And I go, do you mean drill or grime? I go, fuck's sake. <laughs> what are we doing? What That's are we true. doing here? <laughs> you know? But it's, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. very rare someone will say, I like football. And they go, oh, what do you mean? Do you mean Aussie rules? Do you mean soccer? Do you yeah, yeah, all types. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. I guess I do like all types. AFL is my least interested. It goes soccer, rugby league. Oh, they're probably AFL and then rugby union. I mean, we could talk. That's interesting. You, we could talk rugby mm. union forever if you want about how poorly managed. Oh, we know that a sport. Yeah. Not, 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 not the boardroom level because they got more QCs than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. It's all QCs there. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so no, no soccer. Yeah, soccer is absolutely my friend. When I'm in high yeah. school uh, and in Sydney, and my mate Michael Luciano, who was in Tim Cahill's team. Um, he was an amazing, a fantastic player playing for Sydney Olympic and I would go along and I would sort of be a goalkeeper for him I'd play for school or shit but and then played at uni I wasn't that good but I loved it and um, he got me into it he was Italian he went for Inter Milan so I go for Inter Milan etc here we are so what? So is the Italian league your preferred league? No, I, I, I'm I'll any everything and anything. So people always ask me which Premier League team do you have. I don't have a Premier League team. I just like the ones that have Australians in them or nice. whoever's got an interesting story. Every year I'll sort of go righto. Who's got an interesting yes. angle to what they're up to at the moment? This is what I do. This and is then great. that's right. And then and so then I'll go oh, okay. And then but but I, I, yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm sad. I listen to. I I always say I have a hectic listening schedule. Every <laughs> yeah, week, yeah, yeah, yeah. every week I have seven or eight. Uh, I probably have about 15 podcasts a week I need to get through and right. six of those are soccer and I have to listen to them on times two because otherwise I will get to the end of the week and I won't have them done. What are, what are the I've, six? And I've got books to read, listen to as well. So yeah. I always have to have something. <laughs> Thank going. God you don't drink because you would just yeah, get none of this done. You wouldn't be able to fit it all in. That's all what part of it, guys. The exercise and the obsessiveness about things like this is just because 
it was either this or fucking booze and drugs. <laughs> it was a bi- it was a binary opposition because the thing that made me stop going out and getting absolutely polax was I was playing soccer at uni. So I would get up. So I'd have to sort of get up early-ish to do that. Uh, and yes. then I was doing plays at university, which is non-stop right. drinking. So they were sort of fighting each other for a while. But anyway, who cares? Uh, it's boring. So you've got. So obviously, you know, Guardian Football Weekly. Good luck to them. The Totally Football Show. Good luck to them. Uh, I don't like the the many of the BBC ones because they always start with banter. Oh, so uh, all right, Chris Sutton's come in and he's wearing <sighs> red socks. I just fucking hate that. <laughs> I, it's the shittest fucking content of all time. I hate that sort of banter at the start of a podcast when you when you're going into something specific. You get to it. Yeah, it's like get to yeah, yeah get Actually, to I get to it. But that's the breakfast radio in us too. And so then, yeah, Liam, <laughs> well, yeah true. Um, football cliches is the best comedy soccer podcast there is. It's just a guy who just chases down the the, the um the cliches around soccer and the language around soccer. Right, so okay. they did an episode. If people are looking for a good episode to start with, they did one recently, which was what is the most Premier League weekend that could happen? And so they just go through and try and find the most. Baseline Premier thing, Premier League thing that would happen. So they start with, all right, what's the Friday night game? Arsenal two, Norwich zero. Okay, excellent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, right. So that's their area. Yeah. Now, is that because uh, Friday night games are always letdowns? Exactly, and yeah. it's always Arsenal winning two nil. And so, uh, <laughs> business of sport halfway through the week's quite good. Second captains is good, the Irish one. So once I get through all those, then I can start to think about other things. Do you have an Inter Milan one? No, they're always the the, the, the Inter Milan ones. They don't. They're, they're, it's, they're in Italian, probably. A lot of them are in Italian, and the ones that are, are in English, they just, and this is going to sound really arrogant, but it's like, yes, I know. Yeah, you know, I get, I get that. Go talk to somebody. Go, to, go talk to someone at the club. Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so you've got your podcast that you listen to, mm. and so Inter Milan is your one team. Are there, yeah. Do you have other teams around the world, or are you all Boca Juniors in Argentina? I, I, the, yeah. yeah, Boca Juniors in Argentina. But, and then, and then I, I, but, Guys, it's it's rare for me not to know a result. So it's I, Wickham, it's Wickham in the lower leagues, a bit of fun, but it's rare for me not to know okay. on, all of it. So Chelsea had a good win over Juventus yes. this morning, yes. four 0 Yes, is Chelsea a team that you're interested in? Absolutely, because, this year because they bought Lukaku off my team, the Belgian forward. Oh yes, and then yeah. they're, they're stuffing it up, which is great. And they <laughs> and they also have a manager who is a so they you either have a manager who is a personality or a manager who is a system, and it's and it's when one of those two things gets out of equilibrium that things get weird. So Mourinho's personality has overtaken his system, so now it doesn't work anymore. Yep. Oh. Whereas Tuchel has turned the personality down a little bit in order to help the system work, and Chelsea's just through the roof, right? And so Conte at the moment is the best coach in the world. Why? I believe because his personality... Conte's at Tottenham now. Conte's at Tottenham, but he was at Inter last season and he won the championship. Yep. A former Italian international. Had an early hair transplant, but he got it. <laughs> he got it exactly when it, came, exactly when it started to work. So in Hollywood, who are the three... Main. Who are the three? When when people talk about hair transplants, and I know this because of friends of mine who've had them. Yeah. Right. Who are the men that they speak to about the guys who have had the best ones? The best hair transplant. Josh Thomas. No. <laughs> Hollywood. 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 Uh, I don't know. Is, has Tom Cruise had a hair transplant? No. So it's Steve Carell. Really. Oh. Go to the office and go mid midway through the office to now. Okay. You will deny it, but do the. Yeah, like, yeah. Surely they're all denying it. A lot of them, and the number one, two doesn't matter, McConaughey. Okay. Yeah, McConaughey right. went from almost bald in the Lincoln Lawyer to a ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> right. Isn't that a week? So they've had good, they've the had best, good replacement therapies. The yes. The top notch, the best you can get. 
And mm. Conte was totally bald in the 90s, like really weird, wispy stuff. Like, yeah. you know, like German like Scott Morrison level. No, more like that, like Pim Van Der Beek, who you yes, know, sadly God passed. But, yeah, but anyway, but that was the level. And then he went away. And I'll never forget it. There was a shot of him on a beach because he's always been ripped, McConaughey, but with the thick bandana. Ah, uh, yes. And I thought he's fucking had it done. And you can have, a, you can find these photographs. Yeah. And I run, it's also where he meets his wife. In Brazil, oh. playing the volleyball. <laughs> right. With a full head of hair. Full fucking head of hair. Hey, if you're going to meet your wife anywhere, in Brazil, playing <laughs> volleyball is not a bad <laughs> not a bad way to go. It, anyway, so yes, but that's really beside the point. But the point is, Conte's level of, of mania and his methods are perfectly in sync at the moment. And so Tottenham are going to be absolutely, Tottenham are going to be unreal. Because Tottenham, right. Tottenham's a team I always feel a bit sorry for in that they, they just they, – a few times they've always made it. They never quite get there. It's uh, – and, and also I really enjoy – I have a lot of close friends who go for Arsenal. Francis Leach, uh, a friend of the show, Guy McLaughlin, who I go to victory games with. Um, they are mad Arsenal fans. I always kind of want them to lose because they do social media explosions better than any other team. They are the Richmond of, of the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they have a thing, this Arsenal fan TV, which is like the really massive YouTube presence of just guys outside the stadium yelling and, and that type of world. It's I fun. have seen a bit of that. It's good fun. Yeah, I no, like it. In fact, I tried to pitch that as a segment on the footy show. You remember the footy show, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I remember the footy show all well. And that would have worked because the best, my favourite radio uh, is live after the game radio that you would hear yes. on sports radio. Well, you get passion. Yes, we're blokes. Yes. And, and it was always the same thing. And I, and this is something that Santo Chilaro quotes, which I didn't hear at the time, but then heard happen later on. And Pang talks about this as well, where this guy that was on uh, a sort of uh, AFL radio, he came back after a break. <laughs> and I didn't hear the start. I only heard the bit after the break. Oh, no, they played me the tape. They'd had the tape. That's how I know, right? Yeah. I wouldn't listen to it normally. Yeah. And all it was was a company, and he just he comes back, and so so you hear these AM radio stings, pow, 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 AFL after the match, and then you just hear him go, "Okay, I want to apologise to Steve for the comments I made about him." <laughs> Obviously, the Saints have lost, and uh, emotions are running high. Steve, if you're listening, please call back. <laughs> Actually, when oh, I love it, when I, I was in, fight, people used to call through to Finey on SEN. No, it was him. Oh, it was Finey. Yeah, it was that guy, Finey? That was, oh, it was his name. Finey. Yes, it was Finey. Oh, yeah. so this is this was on SEN. Okay, because so that was Victorian, was it? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so okay. people would call through to Finey, and they used to wind him up deliberately because they knew they could. Oh, that's excellent. And I remember one night, this guy was just he was just taking a contrarian view to Finey okay. on something. And was just being illogical and stupid, but he was winding Finey up. It was obvious. Yeah. But Finey was not oh, having it. That's heaven. And in the end, Finey was just making <laughs> – like he was just saying, all oh, right, and who are you? What are you doing? What are you, sitting there home alone, Perfect. are you? It's Perfect. a Friday night. You, this is Finey. <laughs> so you say, oh, yeah, and you're home alone. Oh, yeah, you're real popular, aren't you, mate? Sitting home. Perfect. What are you doing there on a that's Friday night by yourself? It's that's like, it's exa- this guy, it's exactly what this guy wants. Exactly. He's just absolutely wandering it. right into the honey trap. <laughs> that stuff i want more combative i want my sports radio combative yeah i, I know i'd call me insane but you, that, otherwise why are we fucking here <laughs> you, want that, you want the passion and i think a big gap in the market here from an afl perspective right. and maybe from other perspectives is fan commentary yeah we've talked about this leaves we want to we want to do this which i know i know they've done or they do in the premier league 
Yes, but only the <laughs> but the fans do it for their club. So that's how you would get around it in terms of you do it. You would never do it officially. You just call it something. Just go on Twitch. Well, that's what I was going to say. This is perfect for Twitch. This is perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. You want hits? See now, TikTok and Twitch. See now, I've got the blank look of a very old man <laughs> as you start talking about <laughs> Twitch. With the phone, holding, holding a phone in front of you. What, what program? You don't care what program is being used. You don't so know what, Twitch I, is very popular with the kids, Lemo. It's usually people watching other people play video games. However, like, they've started having oh. billboards. You seen that? Twitch no. is now now Twitch is now uh, promoting themselves on billboards yeah, I'm not using surprised. very old school AM radio poses of people like smiling next to microphones saying get on Twitch. So we're yeah. coming full circle. It wasn't Euro 2020 oh, sponsored by Twitch. There was yeah, a lot of and, Twitch but gear. That's one of my other big favorites. So I've just oh, I actually should plug this. Me and my friend Brendan Anakin have just started just released a new 90s and 2000s NRL podcast called Rad Footy where he and I <laughs> just put a pin in the map Round two, 1992, and yeah. we go through the things in that week that we like. And interviews, games, players. That's great. And there's a great fun thing where I play now called – where I, uh, I play uh, the companies. So I just go around the billboards of the sponsors and Brilliant. see if those companies are still in existence. Oh, yeah, great. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And, and most of the time I'm looking at you, MMI Insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Anset. No, no, Anset is massive on it. Yeah. No Canberra Raiders were video easy, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, video easy for a long time. Yes. yes. I'll tell you what, yeah. speaking, of, speaking of sponsors, slight diversion here. I always love to look at the sponsors when there's a sex scandal Ooh. around sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's well, so Tim Payne? Tim yes. Payne last week, right? The three main sponsors of the Australian cricket team. Go on. Vodafone. Uh, perfect. perfect for yeah. dick pics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Good. Uh, when he was holding the press conference, he was wearing his Australian gear. Yeah, I wondered that. Right? The collar sponsor, so on yeah. each collar, yeah. is Dettol. Wow. And if you go, <laughs> if you go to the Dead Old website, it says for when you want to clean up that unwanted no mess. No. Yes, <laughs> yes. Why do they bother? And the other main sponsor, KFC, Gee. whose motto is "Oh no, finger licking." Oh. <laughs> so on that, right. and then there was, and then of course, sorry, there was. Remember Tiger Woods? Yeah. His three main sponsors when he got done. Nike, just do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Gillette, the best a man yes. can get. And Monster Energy Drinks unleash the beast within. Are you joking? That's fantastic. <laughs> well done. That's great. That's yeah. good fun. Um, how do you reckon that? Oh, anyway, I'm going. I'm getting distracted. Yeah, let's, let's I was going to say, how do you re- how do you reckon Toyota would feel about the fact that Taliban almost exclusive, exclusively drive Toyota Hiluxes? Yeah, I noticed that seized Toyota Hiluxes. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's a ringing endorsement of their durability. Absolutely, because they flogged the guts out of them, and, and I've never seen one broken down. And they're often, you know, as comfortable hauling a wheelbarrow as they are an anti-aircraft. Are you looking for another ad, Ed? <laughs> just thinking about it. In my head, I'm going, I'm still with I'm, Toyota. Yeah. It'll be on the next episode of Gruen. Writing a new Toyota ad. Um, um, Ed, I wanted yeah. to ask about the current day yes. uh, conditions of uh, European soccer. I mean, yes. we can we can talk about the is your your A League team. I believe was Melbourne City for a while. Oh, I, 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 I I oscillate. So yeah, I think enough. I'm I think I might be a Western Sydney Wanderers fan these days, but I oscillate. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Um, is there an is there a team in Europe that the average Aussie sports fan who probably doesn't 
isn't mad for soccer, but you know, likes to oh, yeah, likes to watch I a few one. games. Yeah, is there one. one that they should absolutely get behind for this mm, season? No, but there's one that they should know. <laughs> there's, there's one they should know about in order to know where football's going. So you look for teams. I look for bellwether. You know, the bellwether seats and fucking elections and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bellwether yeah. players in certain leagues that change things or move things yep. or whatever. Right? AFL would have these people. I look for bellwether clubs to give us a description of where football sort of lives and where it might be going. So the major issue in football at the moment is ownership. The owners of the clubs mm. have become the thing that is most discussed on the shows, et cetera, et cetera, because yeah. we've, we've built ourselves not a two-paced economy, but a sort of there is the super, 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 super wealthy clubs that are either owned by a nation state through various you know mm. entities or through billionaires that have it for a reason. So, or for, And then you get down into, there's a great saying, how do you become a millionaire? Start, uh, buy a football club as a billionaire. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's, a, <laughs> so that's, a, that's a, you know, we'll just lose money and see how you go. Yeah. So the team that I think is worth looking at for that is one Manchester United because Manchester United has made the Glazers who own it, etc. They take a dividend out. They're laughing. They love it, etc., etc. Mm. Right? Yep. But they're in this huge mess with Solskjaer and what they're going to do here. And this is why I bring up that. Club this is old stuff. Gunnar Solskjaer, the the manager who was sacked yeah, a week ago. Exactly. They're former yep. great player. So he's a former player who has the support of the former manager Sir Alex Ferguson and all of the former players because they're his teammates, etc., etc. In the yep. punditry at the moment, right? Not really up to it. <clears throat> they got Ronaldo. Yep. They've got Pogba, etc. So you end up in a week, and you just take a week. So take a week and go right. This is a thin slice. Let's see what the week looks like. Paul Pogba introduces his new sponsorship deal with an NFT brand. Oh. This is whilst he's out for three months. He's the second highest paid player either at the club or at the Premier League. They cannot get a tune out of him to save him, to really save his life. Every now and again, yeah. he'll get a couple of assists. You can't rely on the bloke to save them to save themselves. But they can't sell him to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Because no one wants to buy him. Because <laughs> the only people who could buy from them are the nation states. So PSG have spent all their, quote, money on Messi, yep. right? Or and Neymar and Mbappe. But if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, which is, as we see, with a young French sort of superstar, well, then they're left with a problem. Paul Pogba's French, but he doesn't play much. And he comes with all these other weird commercial deals that perhaps the Qatari government might not be that au fait with. Yeah, right. So you've ended up in this situation where there's such a baggage or such a drag behind players and behind clubs that the reasons that players move and, the, and the ultimately affecting the competition is becoming less and less and less and less and less about their ability to recruit players. So the Premier League signed a deal the other day with NBC, a couple of billion dollars. Yep. That means that Burnley is richer than any club in Germany ever. Oh, man. Except for Bayern Munich. So then yeah. you get to the Super League. What's the issue that the other teams have? So this is – sorry, this is because NBC have signed such a big deal yeah. for the rights yeah. and the clubs all get their whack exactly of the right. rights exactly money. Right. Uh, that is extraordinary. I, I've just watched the four-part documentary on the Premier League that has been on – Which one? Uh, it's just gone up on Netflix or Stan – about the early days of the Premier League. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's brilliant. Now, who is the key person? Now, when Rupert Murdoch, yeah. Rupert Murdoch's a key person. Right. Yeah. Rupert, All right. Story checks out. Rupert yeah. Murdoch does two things. One is he transforms, well, he, he's instrumental in the creation of the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. And he transforms it from a park sport yes. into a global phenomenon. Yes. Right? So, tick, I, you know, I hate giving Rupert credit, but, yeah, but why? But tick. <laughs> Anyone who says that, I go, you, you have to. So, let me, you, Lima, your career. Yeah. You want to be taken on the entirety of your career, don't you? 
Yes. Right. Yes. Danny, you're the same. I'm the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to give Rupert Murdoch the same idea. So he goes, there's a there's one podcast I listen to called The New Elizabethans. And yep. I'll send it to you guys so you can have a listen. Where he, where you hear Rupert Murdoch when he first gets to England. And I guarantee you, Limo, if someone, if you just took the top and the tail off it. Yeah. And you put a phone effect on it and you rang the ABC and you played the tape. <laughs> yeah. They'd fucking cheer him. And without saying who he was. <laughs> yeah, right. I guarantee you. Yeah, right. It's, uh, and yeah. People change, etc. And the, one of the worst things, well, successions about the Murdochs. Fuck, that drives me up the wall. <laughs> Murdoch, that guy who was the main dude in succession, the old guy in yeah, succession, yeah, yeah. scheming, rolling, staring at people. Have you ever seen Rupert Murdoch? He's smiling. He's laughing. Well, he's shaking part. all the supermodels. Yeah, but, yeah. But you see what I mean? Like, that's not, I hate that portrayal. He's like, that's not what they're like. Mm. He's not Mr. Be Burns. Like that by, he's not Mr. Burns. You don't get to be like that by being like that. He's fucking charming. That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah, you, have yeah, to accept, yeah. you have to accept that. He's charming. But the, yeah, that is so I many. There's no doubt he's done some good stuff and he's charming. But what he has done to news coverage around the world, I don't. Well, we've done that. Well, we've Us played. Three. But he's no, but he's 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 led. That's a chat for another day. He's led the horse to water. But he does two things. One is he transforms the Premier League, or creates the Premier League, and transforms football in England from a park sport to a million, multi, multi, multi million dollar global industry. The second thing is he tries to buy Man United, and this is a story that I loved because I loved seeing the Man United fans come together and create this force. Yes. Uh, as a united fan base, and they scared him off. And then they basically. ended up with the Glazers. The Glazers. The, yeah. the Americans, yes, yeah. which is probably not much. So, just, which is not and, much better. You and know. that's the that's the poor. That's where these poor fans. I feel for them. They are stuck because if you're Newcastle and all you want is your team to vaguely compete, so you take it down to the individual. You go mm. to St James's Park every week in Newcastle. You get your fucking ass kicked. Yeah. Now you have a mind in your mind. You have a of what you should be. Yeah, your and team is always yeah, way better in your exactly. head. Exactly, yeah. you're not that. But the only way you're going to get there is with the Saudi private in, private investment. Yeah, yeah. Investment. <laughs> so what are you going to do? <laughs> it's a t- it's a tough one. It's like Ch- I mean, I've been a Chelsea fan since the mid nineties, right? And when I who saw- owned it before before Roman? Uh, his name his, his name escapes me, but he bought it for a pound, and he sort of oh, he fixed okay. it up. He, yes, and yeah, I, okay. be- I think he died in a chopper accident. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Hang on, is this from Abramovich? No, is no, quite no, a quite accident. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's true though. <laughs> isn't a cup it? of tea. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> so, I, but yeah, so he he got it cheap. I can't. I can never. Oh, fuck, this is bad for me. But I can't remember his yeah. name, and I should know that as well because he owned it when I was there. Yes, and he was very popular. He was a real character, yeah, yeah, and Chelsea yeah. fans yeah. fucking loved him. Yeah, even though he never won anything. Uh, won the FA Cup in ninety yeah, seven. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yep. And also he and sorry, just to jump in, he so the, there's the invention of the Premier League, but then there's the adoption of the Premier League. And the adoption of the Premier League I put down very, very squarely to Rude Hullet rocking up for Chelsea. The yeah. sight of fucking Rude Hullet wearing number four at Chelsea, a mid table at best mm. Premier League. This team. is when I was Oh there you go. So you remember it. Mate, I was living in London. Bro, it was a And f- I was going to all the Talk games. To me. Was it a fucking was It was it, mate, it was massive. So we started see? we started following going to Chelsea games in the 94-95 season when Blackburn won. Yeah. Heartbreaking as yeah, well yeah. what happened to Blackburn. Yeah, well, yeah. They get Shearer, they win, and then it's like yeah. Yeah. local guy the- goes, no, I can't be asked anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now uh, you and you went for Chelsea just because they were your local team. You lived. Yeah, they were the closest to us. Yeah, That's right. why I started so breaking. Who was in the team that you saw? Dewberry, Dennis Wise. Uh, Dennis Wise was yeah, the okay. was the big star. Yeah. And then and Glenn Hoddle was the manager. Yeah. Who's yeah. uh yeah. player manager when you first got there? Uh no, he was he was just, he was just okay, manager. Great. Yep. And then 
they recruit Rude Hullet over the summer, and then when Rude Hullet arrives, and then they get uh, Zola, yes, Gianfranco Zola. Yes, so we got uh, the best of Netherlands, best of Italy. No, now, not best. Zola at this point is a fucking. He's a flyer. Right, he's so a this good player. Bring it in, yeah. Ronaldo or Messi? No, th- this is like not qu- not quite. But no. he was a very very good footballer. Yeah, straight away, he's their best player they've ever had. But they didn't yeah. think they were getting that. And at this no. point, just for clarification, is like the Serie A and La Liga, yeah, you know, the Spanish and Italian leagues. Way no, not Spain. So Italy would come back at that time, and they opened every season with the same refrain. When you would watch the highlights, "Welcome back to the best league in the world." Right, and it's when Hullet and Zola, in particular, wander yeah. off that it's like, hang on. So right, and, and where, then, was, where was England ranked at that stage? Uh, no, they they was it was television wise, I reckon were, probably fifth. Well, they and they had England had just I think it was the Paul Gascoigne World Cup in nineteen ninety, and then ninety four. They don't make it. That's they right. They don't make it. That's yes, right. So they kind of England are in the wilderness, but England's always been weird on an international. Yeah, yeah. So thank God. And then exactly. Roberto Di Matteo yeah. as well, yeah, who scored the over. fastest ever FA Cup goal, Fantastic. 42 seconds well against Middlesbrough. Um, so it was an exciting time and to be seen Chelsea. But the idea when people said Root Hall is coming to Chelsea, it was a fucking shock, wasn't it? It's oh, like, yeah, it was massive. Yeah, there you go. So it, it, it was huge. So even to an Aussie living... Even to me, I could... I was. I was an Aussie here. He's an Aussie there. Yeah. yeah. But the locals were out of their mind, weren't they? We oh, can't we've got this guy. How do we they, get this guy? They were losing yeah, their shit. And even as... A, like, I'm not, I'm not a soccer nuffy or a student of the game, but even I was watching Hullet and just going, he is beautiful oh, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> just beautiful. I'll tell you this. When my oh, wife and I my went God, to... Like his, he would be. He would pass the ball. He'd do three quarters of the pitch and land at centimetre perfect yeah. at a guy's feet. Was, Mark, Mark Hughes as yeah, well. Sparky we had just left Man United. And did they had with the real? I, I read a story once that he would get the shits with people because he would hit these long balls and there'd be English or players in the, who would miss it and go ah. Oh. I, 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 yeah. didn't you were, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> that, that, would ha- that would happen. It was right, almost okay. like he was playing a different sport. And we had two Romanians as well who you were really P- good. You had Petrescu. Petrescu, yes. He was a very, very solid player. Yeah. And, and, and made better by them. He was a good player. Yeah. And yes. My poor wife uh, has had to watch a fair bit of soccer. When we went on our honeymoon, Beautiful. we went to a lot of sport and stuff. But, you know, usually it's Celtic yeah. or A-League. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, I dragged her a few Melbourne victory games. But we went to San Siro when oh. we were in Milan and I saw Inter play uh, Torino. It was 2012. Uh, uh, Wesley Snyder was their best yeah, player. That was who I was excited oh, to see. I thought you were going to say Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Mycon's in that team, is he? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, it was a 2-2 story. draw, I'm sorry to say. Fuck, but. The great thing was, like, we sit down, we've got pretty good seats up yeah. the top on the wing, yeah. and she's only watched Scottish League and Australian League. She just turns to me after 30 seconds and goes, oh, they're good. Yeah, yeah, these nah. blokes. <laughs> they kick the ball and it goes to the right player. Yeah. Yeah. These blokes yeah. is. Good on you for going to an It's And this is the problem Australia's had for years with basketball, soccer, whatever the sport is. When we watch the NBA or the Premier League. They've sussed it out there in the NBL. They've, just, they've worked out what Germany's worked out in soccer. Don't be the best. Be a feeder. So yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. Giddy, Mello, these got these people who were coming through the NBL and it was conscious. I heard them say it and I was like, fucking, you've absolutely fucking brained it. And and the same as some, didn't Melbourne, Melbourne City have an association with Manchester City, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the, the City Football Group is the preeminent football group in the world. Uh, the a, Quite simply, the system works on, you know. Mm. Simple as that. Well, they can't get a crowd, though. But uh. Well, no, they can't get a crowd, but they can get a global system, which is sort of, for them, 
a crowd. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> we have to wrap this up oh, soon, yeah. but Ed, one of the things I did ask you is when I was to send you a text yesterday yeah. was about your favourite soccer story. Yeah, now I'll go back to the club first because I've crapped on too long. The club that oh, I want people obs- to look up. Oh, oh, yeah, obscure, yeah, yeah. The yeah, obscure team yes. or the team I, you should find. I want find. people to look up Sheriff. They're in the Champions League. Sheriff. And they're, they're, yep, Sheriff. Oh, yeah, they're Cypriot? No, right? they're from Transnistria, which is a place that is not in Moldova. Don't you dare say it, even though it's what it is. <laughs> right. And it is a club, quote, set up by two former KGB agents. <laughs> I love this. Yes. <laughs> And didn't yes. they beat Real Madrid? Yes, they at, beat Real Madrid. At San, at yes. San, 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 San Bernabeu. Yeah, they beat them. <laughs> now, they... Wow. So when you go there, I, and I'm indebted to the Guardian writer who went there and another one from the Times, it's Sheriff everything. So it's Sheriff supermarkets, Sheriff oh. petrol pumps. Right. Your phone is Sheriff. It's a one... <laughs> it's communism. <laughs> It's one. It's a one uh, idea state. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so what's so what, so what's the state? So the Transnistria. So it's a, a disputed region <laughs> yeah. around Moldova, Russia, set up by so two former KGB agents. Right. Go. I love this. What yeah. if we started a country? <laughs> <laughs> And oh. then we had a sick football club. That, that old chat that we've all had at some point. Exactly, yeah. but they actually fucking did it. And so now, and so obviously it's called what Sheriff le- Tiraspol. What league are they in? The Moldovan League. And okay. they, and you'll and be they shocked, dominate it. Oh, you'll be shocked to know they do. <laughs> they do fairly well. So here are some of the things that you'll get if you, when you get there. That sh- So imagine going somewhere and it's every single sign is the same company. Right. So here we go. Gas stations, supermarkets, construction companies, hotel, bakeries, mobile phone network, media empire, all the radio, all the TV, and a distillery. So you might be on the Sheriff FM breakfast show, and they got triple Sheriff in the afternoon on a different network, and all the answers in that. So that is the one. So look, obviously, and then the, you know, being guard, being the guardian, they're like, well, a lot of questions asked about. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fucking, we know, guys. But they, but point being. It. It's yeah. interesting. It, good, bad, or otherwise, and everyone can have their own opinions on good, bad, or otherwise. That's yep. a, not for, not me for me to know. It's fascinating to see in the Champions League an idea. Two KGB agents have an idea, and now they beat Real Madrid. That is interesting. And did the club exist before a few years ago? Did well, they start? Apparently, or did they just uh, buy out? But apparently, it's one of those. Yeah, what do you mean? This has always been here. What are, where are the records? What, records, you say? What are you talking Go about? Go to the Sheriff Library and ask, <laughs> ask for Sheriff. Yeah. So it's like if two uh, ASIO agents, you know, who were very corrupt, bought out like Fairfield Marconi. Well, I've been thinking about Norfolk Island. Oh, so I was oh think, yeah. I was oh, yeah, like, right. It, yeah, it's funny you should say it because I was going to say, right, it's as if two people just went, right, fuck this, Norfolk Island, that's it. We do what we want now. We go in the A-League yeah, and then we, they win the well, Fuck the Asian A-League. Champions we go in the, the, you know, Korean League. So they beat Real Madrid yeah. because they have recruited a bunch of really good players or because they <laughs> Real Madrid was scared to beat oh, them? Oh, that would be ironic oh, that's, considering that, that's their happened, That's happened over the journey. But no, yeah. this was very much a, you know, there's the Sheriff, like, and, and, and you know, analysts as well. And sheriff performance analysts as well. So they've got this weird right. mix of it's just journeymen. It's all these journeyman European players. And when you rock up to sheriff, they go, "We all know the drill. You're trying to get somewhere better. We want you to be somewhere better. We'll pay you well while you're here. We'll make the Champions League. We'll shake hands. We'll all move on with our day." And so they do. Wow. Yeah. It's good uh, honesty. I, I love it. That's a great story. I'm going to go into a sheriff FC wormhole. <laughs> 
I, I want to know who their rivals are. I'm going to start supporting oh, them. They don't have it. <laughs> their rivals are democracy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your nemesis? Democracy. democracy. I love democracy. We are winning. We are winning. Yeah. I want to finish with Ed uh, one last yeah. question. Just um, if you could give us any uh, optimism. Well, I want to say Socceroos. Yeah. What level of optimism should we have? Because uh, mm, yes. we, we're doing okay. We were doing okay until the last international break, and then yeah. we had two disappointing results. Where do you reckon we're at? What can we be? What's the most we can dream of? Who is the player that we should sort of get behind mm. now? Everyone's jumping on Martin Boyle, Aussie Martin. Who are, who are the who are the sort of standout Aussies in Europe at the moment? We don't. Uh, we, we, aside from Sam Kerr, yes, I would yeah. say on the men's side. Look. I, I would probably say oh, um, uh, Hrustich, who plays in Germany, who's a really, really good Yeah, he he's, he's our best player. Well. Hey, um, yeah, what happened to a young fella from the last world? Azani. Yes. Injury trouble. He's back and knee. forth. Did his knee. So we'll see whether or not – hopefully it come, yeah. goes good for him, but he's um, you know got all the talent in the world. Right. But, um, I, I, yeah, I, that and then Rogic, really. I mean, what Ant has done to with Rogic <laughs> at Chelsea. Let's talk about Ant. Celtic, sorry. has <laughs> yeah. really just – you know, and you know, I go on. So I work with Max Russian, who does the Guardian football show, the number one fo- football podcast in the world. And I'm yeah. at him constantly about the Guardian, who are the fucking bastion of what it, you know, all the wokeism that they love. I'm mm. like, mate, you're fucking Scottish football correspondents are racist. They yes. hate Australia. Yes, they yes. hate they Australia. So yes. You and Murray, if you're listening, they hate yes. Australia. They think we're shit, right? And they they say things like, "Well, I didn't really get to see any of Angie's matches uh, before he came here." Well, why not? <laughs> There's an Asian cup you can watch. There's plenty of Japanese games you can watch. And as I say to anyone that will listen, the current if, – if Scott – okay, if Australia is such a backwater, if we suck so hard, yeah. right, if we're so awful and we're so beneath Scotland, why is it that the starting centre forward for Scotland is from the Gold Coast? <laughs> <laughs> if we're which, so which, awful, Lyndon Dykes. Lyndon Dykes. He's Australian. Oh he's from the Gold Coast. So why? we swapped him for Martin yes. Boyle. <laughs> Why isn't he playing for Australia? He chose Scotland, which is totally fair enough because they're on the verge of a World Cup and he was playing in Europe. I completely understand the decision. Right. And, the, and soccer is full and international football is full. I play a game called How Many Brazilians? So oh, yeah, every yeah, yeah. time there's a World Cup, last time there were <laughs> nine countries, I think, that had a Brazilian in them. Oh, yeah, right. And you do the same thing where you go down the list. Like in Qatar, you go, you know, Abdul, some, <laughs> you know, Abdullah, uh, Muhammad, uh, Jovino. No, hang on. I'll go back to that one. Yeah, <laughs> Fogo and now plays for Qatar FC. <laughs> I used to play a similar game with friends of mine called How Many South Africans, which was how many <laughs> South Africans were in the South African cricket team. So good. <laughs> but then I And honestly, there were times when it was two or three. Mick, Mick Malloy's fucking great joke from, uh, I'll never forget it, from the last time South Africa toured here in a test series. And he goes, you know, he go, Mick goes, mate, it's, you know, South Africans coming out here to play four test matches. They say they've got to acclimatise. Most of them go to stay with their parents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. That's great. Well, I'm paraphrasing, but you can imagine Mick's, yeah, 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 Mick's, yeah. Mick's telling was much better than mine, but it's a great joke. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, now, have we got anything uh, left here? Oh, best and worst stadium food, quickly. Yeah, so 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 the San Siro has notoriously poor food, but they don't want you to go to the concession. It's the opposite of other Yeah, places. I couldn't find no, it. No, they want you to stay in your seat. Yes. So they actually want atmosphere. So it's this oh. great irony of so many stadiums oh, around the world. Right. Now, the best stadium food, so there's a two-part two answer to that question. Justin Hems from the Maryville Group has just taken over. 
at the SCG. Now, Justin Hems is the sort of handsome billionaire who owns all the pubs in, in around Sydney. Yeah. And I used to, he used to come into the video store when I worked in the video store for 12 years at Rose Bay. And he used to come in all the time and we had a lovely chat. Anyway, has impeccable taste. So I actually think the best stadium food in the world this time next year is going to be the SCG. However, it leads me to an idea, which I'll finish with, which is I love man versus food and I love diners, doing something like, right, okay. Yep. You noticed in the US coverage of the NBA and the NFL, before they cut out from the uh, American feed and they kick back into Australian ads for pain away, you'll get <laughs> you'll get a little hint of what's going to wear in the States. Yes. Yeah. And they always start showing the food at the local stadiums in America. Right. I watch a television show which was a man versus food thing of really unique and delicious stadium fare from around the world. So I saw once there was a South American version of it where their premise was, we're only going to do uh, – it was an episode of a show where all this dude did was review the food but from outside the stadiums. So the people's street there. Oh, just oh. around – right. Yeah, it nice. really, really good. Anyway. Yep. I like it. That's Danny? a good idea. I mean, we, we yeah. did that uh, a few episodes ago for anyone who doesn't listen with Francis Leach. I did a deep dive on the Orlando Braves uh, yeah. big me- menu ticket item. There you go. Versus the, who do they even play? Houston Astros. Oh, Houston but Astros, that's, that's yeah. That's exactly my big point. There item. you go. All right, you've already done it. There you go. It's a, well, we did it on a podcast. It's it should be a TV you've already show. had. <laughs> I, uh, I love it. Uh, Ed Cavalli, it has been a joy. Thank Thanks you for joining me. us. Uh, now, people can, of course, listen to you on the Two Day FM Breakfast Show in Sydney. Yes, with my dears, Husey and Aaron. Aaron, of course, the NRL uh, My Show. And uh, and Husey, of course, is the expert on everything in the whole world. And, uh, <laughs> and you get there on the, uh, on the listener app or listen live if you're in the harbour town. And uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, um, Rad Footy, myself and Brendan Anakin. It comes out in sets of six because that's how rugby league goes. And in this series, we're going to catch up with Mark Jackson. We're going to talk to Sturlo. Uh, we're going to talk to Trevor Gilmeister. And we're going to go through 90s and uh, 2000s rugby league. Yeah, very nice. And any other pods happening at the minute? Uh, I, I, no, I've got an idea. I'm about to – which I, I've got an idea for one which I've pitched. But you know what I'm like? As soon as I pitch something, I get annoyed. So I go and do it myself. Right. So I have an idea for a show called We'll Never Lose Again whereby I try and start the world's greatest soccer club that will never lose. And I speak to, there's a guy from the, ironic, there's a guy from the Macquarie Bank in Australia yeah. who is the financier, somewhat secretly, for almost 20 clubs in Europe. Oh, right. So Macquarie Bank Australia is actually the financier behind the scenes of many, many clubs in Europe. And so he's my first port of call to go, righto, who's got money they need to hide? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's two KGB agents. (laughs) (laughs) Sheriff FC. Uh, Lovely. Thank you, mate. Much appreciated. Uh, Danny McGinley, thank you. And take your stinking COVID somewhere else. Ed and I are off to get tested. Uh, And we'll uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you all. Go, Sheriff.